Okay, and welcome to the Talking Thomas podcast, the podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, including Shining Time Station and other stuff that goes along with that. Um, I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we're here doing another set of episode commentaries for Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. And this time we are actually recording another trilogy. It, uh, there are a lot more interconnected stories in the first four seasons of, of the show. Specifically, seasons one and two seem to have a lot of interconnected stories. And uh, these three are no exception. Um, these three, of course, being the Henry the Green Engine trilogy. So uh, let's just start right off with the first episode, which is Henry's Special Coal. And press play now. So. Great episode, I, of course. Yeah, just right yeah. off the bat, I'll say it's, uh, it's uh, one of my favorites. It is very good. And I, I quite like Henry's sad theme. As, as I've, I might have mentioned a few podcasts ago, I, Henry's sad theme is, is really nice, I think. Absolutely. Um, and I think that this episode um, does get a little overshadowed um, because of the flying kipper following it. Um, yeah. You know, uh, of course the fan community just obsesses over the flying kipper. Um, uh, it's a great episode, but, sure. uh, but it's definitely been talked about many, many times. And here, as I mentioned in the previous uh, commentary, if anyone remembers, uh, I mentioned that the, you know, the, I love the way that the light diffuses through the frosted uh, glass canopy of Natford station uh, in that shot there. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Napford, or at least this version of Napford, in, of course, in um, in the railway series, it would have been Tidmouth, but isn't Napford or this version of Napford based somewhat on King's Cross? I think. Um, I think it might be, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, right, or at least any sort of you know, station. Um, I've always loved seeing Sir Topham Hatton overalls in this. This always made me laugh. It is a very interesting look, and it's one of the rare occasions in the early series of Thomas that we get to see Sir Topham had in anything other than his trademark black outfit. You know? True. Of course, in later seasons, um, they, you know, it post classic series, they would put him in lots of different outfits, but, Oh yes. Um, and there was a little, if, if anyone's watching the restored version, uh, there is a little goof, uh, that, was somehow added back in of, of of Henry backing into Wellsworth Station too fast, and then right. going forward for uh, some reason, uh, no no idea why that was put back in for for the right. remastered release. But who knows? I've always lo- I always loved this this little pan over these piles of coal. Yeah, about that is it, it's just it, it, interesting. There's just so many little pieces of, of interesting camera work and, and filmmaking, uh, visual storytelling in the first season, um, and and really all of them. But uh, particularly in this one, you could see that they were trying things out, trying different right. ideas, you know, storyboarding, and, and figuring out what would you know what would be a, a neat way to open each shot, as opposed to just uh, you know a, a slow 
establishing tracking shot, uh, you know, or just a, a fade or anything like that. So different, different styles of transitions. Right. Exactly. Season two particularly does some really interesting things too. So yes. and we'll, we'll of course get to that. But. Yes. Um, and the, the thing about this episode for me, I do love this episode. I was always a bit, you know, confused by it when I was a kid. Because, you know, growing up in America, this is another, uh, not outdated reference per se, but another reference that didn't really go over as well in America. Welsh coal. Because, you know, when, you're, when, I'm a ki- when I was a kid, I, I didn't really know about Wales or anything like that. I, I knew about England, obviously, but not Wales necessarily. And right. so to me, Welsh coal, it was like, oh, that's just like, it must be some fancy brand of coal or something like that. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the particular reference is, uh, is gone. Right. I mean, now, of course, I understand that it is literally coal from Wales, you know, but, uh, but yeah. Thomas's evil face here. Ah, uh, yes. The eyebrows just, for some <laughs> reason, they just look evil. No, I, I totally agree. That, and his, they, slow, they, his slow pan of the eyes over to the camera. <laughs> yes. Um, so that yeah. was Cole. That was a that was, special Cole. That was Cole. And that's another episode that just flies by. Absolutely. So, yeah, we've we've had so far a string of really good episodes. I mean, if you've been following our season one commentaries uh, for the last couple of podcasts that we've put out, there have been a string of really good episodes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, we're getting, uh, you know, a next episode that we'll be talking about here is. Um, it is is widely considered the the best season one episode. Um, yes, and uh, for some, uh, they would consider this the best episode of the classic series, right? Um, and, and possibly of the entire series as a whole. Um, sure, but I, I don't know. I I um, I'll have to think about that. I you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I would put it that high uh, on my list. I uh, but I know that over the years, my lists have. Uh, often differed from um for many fan lists yes. that are out there i i wouldn't necessarily place this as number one but no uh, but it's a very good episode oh um, definitely and it's possible that i've just seen it so many times that uh i'm it's lost some of its uh some of its uniqueness some of its specialness as it were um but well, that is uh, on almost every compilation video <laughs> Uh, true, absolutely. Um, but this is just uh, one that I. Uh, it's a it's a good episode, and it I'm is. excited to to dive into it. So so am I. And uh, let's let's jump right can, in. Yeah, uh, press play now. And we have an episode with the minor exception of like the last two scenes takes place entirely at night, and so I have a feeling that. And while this is a fantastic episode, I have a feeling this is one that David Mitten was particularly proud of because, you know, it's it's well-established. We've t- talked about it a couple of times already uh, that David Mitten enjoyed doing uh, night shots. And so I have a feeling that this was a particular favorite episode of his to do. 
Definitely. And I've always loved that shot of the docks. Uh, yes. From, from, uh, from, it, never really sure exactly. I, when I was a kid, I interpreted that as being from, uh, you know, from the side of Timothy Sheds. But of course, that doesn't make any sense. No. Um, you know, I, <laughs> looking at it as an adult, but I just, something uh, about that angle of that, I just love. And, um, and, this episode has great energy. And again, a lot of it's right down to the narration. Um, uh, it, it feels like uh, the, the real transport film uh, night train or night mail. Yes. Say, uh, using the WH Auden poem. Um, right. And that's a, that's a really nice uh, kind of atmosphere mood that we feel in this, uh, in this episode. But, and again, a lot of it, I think a lot of the popularity of the, of this episode has to do with the fact that it is mostly set at night. So there's a lot of great shots like this one here. Oh, um, yes. With that glow, um, the glow in the snow. Um, oh, yes. But, uh, and it also features Henry, which is a, who's a beloved fan character. Oh, and yeah. the score, of course, you know, this wonderful uh, flying kipper music is just great right and, and it does mix in henry's theme with it but the flying kipper theme which of course is an extension of henry's it's it's some of mike o'donnell and jude campbell's best work in series one. Oh, definitely um and i just love the fire's glow uh in his cab yes um you know uh, right it's just uh you know great and i've always loved this always feels just so uh, ominous. Oh that, yes, uh, and we're seeing just the the slow pan across this line of trucks here, and you and you know, you of course know exactly what's going to happen. Yes, um, and it's just it's great. I mean, it really just creates a, a great mood. It does. Uh, they, they did a great job, you know, pacing this one, and you know, and I, I think I think we take a lot of that for granted uh, in terms of how they had to figure out the the timing and the pacing in term uh, in terms of how they filmed this and how they shot it and storyboarded it and everything. Yes. Um, yeah. They really had to take everything into account because it wasn't always so clearly laid out in the no. text um, in the stories. Uh, they really elevated a lot of these stories uh, to be more than what they were. Uh, and I would say, especially with this, the flying kipper, I mean, it, it's an exciting story to read, but not nearly as exciting as it is to watch. Right. Now, in the unrestored versions, I I myself have caught glimpses of this, but in the scene where Henry literally flies off the tracks and crash lands, in the unrestored version, you can just barely see the edge of a hand. Right, absolutely. Uh, which uh, is is amusing in itself, but even more, but slightly more amusing when you think of the fact that. It just happens that we see the edge of a hand on an episode involving Henry, who infamously in the 1950s, when they tried to make a railway series, television series, <laughs> there's a hand that picks Henry back up right. on TV, which, you know, I just found that rather ironic. So, and we get the first glimpse of Henry's new shape. Absolutely, except in, that, uh, in uh, the one shot here where he's puffing beside the hill and he's in his old shape. Right. <laughs> uh, quite interesting, but um, it is, but yeah, I, I love the springtime 
look of the viaduct set, particularly when he's crossing over that. That's just great. Um, yes. A great episode. Um, deserved of its reputation. Um, perhaps Pot- a, a, a tad bit overrated. Potentially. Uh, but but uh, but still great. And so uh, it, it can't really argue that it's bad. Uh, no, but because it, it's, it's definitely not. it's definitely one of one of the best. Oh episodes. yes, um, uh, it's just it's just great. It's it's a great episode. I love Henry is. the character for the most part, um, and it's a and it was a, a great chance for the series to be a bit more cinematic. Oh yes, than than it had been in previous episodes and and would be in yes. future episodes. So most definitely, um, I, I do have one thing to admit here. Um, and this is partly due to poor eyesight on my part. Um, when I was younger, they mentioned Henry getting a new shape. And I couldn't really tell the difference. But again, I, I blame that mostly on poor eyesight. I, I now am able to tell the difference, of course, because, you know, the Firebots looks completely different. Uh, his original Firebots, of course, looked similar to Gordon's, whereas now it's quite a different shape. Um, and uh, there's a few other modifications to it so it's a in fact it's a completely it's almost a completely different henry model i think it is so yeah yeah absolutely um uh but yeah uh, we'll move on to the the next episode here the last episode we'll cover today which is whistles and sneezes and that's of course a a combination of the rally series stories uh gordon's whistle and henry sneeze yes and uh we'll uh, jump right into it. Uh, press play now. And I think a wise decision to uh, to combine those two stories, as yes. uh, as we said previously, with uh, Edward's day out and Edward and Gordon, and then also with uh, James and the uh, James the top hat and James the coaches. Um, yes. Yes. Similarly, combining two stories that really had a hard time standing on their own. Uh, especially yes. for four and a half minutes, and even this still barely feels like it can fit four and a half minutes, right? Because uh, they're you know they really stretch the Gordon's whistle thing out. They uh, do to to quite a great length. So I I'm not even sure how they how they could have managed squeezing four and a half minutes out of each one itself. Now um, we say that, but it, it's ironic that. When you're reading the book, Henry the Green Engine, Percy and the Trousers, which happens between these two stories, is actually True. shorter. <laughs> it's the shortest of all railway series stories. And yet they're able to make that into a four and a half minute episode where these two had to be combined into one. So I just found that funny. Of course, you know, by the time they got around to Percy and the Trousers, they had, had no qualms, they, they had no liberty, qualms yeah. about adding stuff to it, which did help. But, you know, I just find it ironic. It's true. Had they, it's interesting, you know, thinking had they waited to adapt Gordon's whistle and Henry's sneeze, uh, and uh, until you know maybe the thir- the third season, right? Um, or, uh, well, yeah, really, just the third season. Third season. Um, they would have possibly just done each of them as a standalone story and expanded them to quite a you know to uh include thomas here you know here in one scene or percy right. or duck or who whichever one they wanted to shoehorn in sure um it's just interesting uh 
because they didn't really do too much of the combining stories uh, later on as much as they just took stories that needed fleshed out and just right. fleshed them out by adding stuff that wasn't in the original material. Um, of course, in season four, they kind of went back to their uh, their season one methodology of combining two stories when they did that with um, uh, Bolstrode and um, I can't remember the uh, Toby Seaside. Toby Seaside Holiday. Holiday, yes, yes Toby Seaside Holiday. Yeah. Uh, to make special attraction. So. Yeah. The scene that's just passed here a few moments ago, I, I always liked as as much as I will say for this episode, I do like the effect of Gordon's whistle nonstop, as well as the mallet. Right, absolutely. I love this pan here, too, across the, the coaches. Yes. Um, I've always loved that. It, nice that it's in, a little bit in a shadow. Yes. Um, and it's just a great, great, nice, you know, and nice to see uh, some more of the the figurines for right. the human characters as well. Oh, yes. Um, I, and quite a nice spot for them to stop on the line, too, because we don't see that spot particularly uh, you know, in great detail, uh, except in passing. So it's nice to see that right up close. I, I must admit, as as slow as this episode does feel, I I do like these stories separately. Like within the context of Henry the Green Engine, I think they're both fine stories. You know, I just don't. I and the adaptation isn't bad per se. Again, as as we've said in previous episodes, there are no bad episodes of season one per se. They're just some that are better than others. No, and it's true. And these episodes wouldn't, you know, had they not been in the same book, they wouldn't have been combined. Not at all. I think, no. you know, it, it's only because they're in the same book that they were, that they were combined. Um, it would be interesting to see if, you know, say Gordon's whistle had been included in, um, uh, in Gordon, uh, Gordon, the big engine, right. or something like that. Would they, would, would they have combined it with this? Now, of course, part of the plot of Gordon's whistle is related to Henry coming back from career. So it True. doesn't really apply, but it, it would be an interesting thing to, uh, interesting thing to see. So. Oh yes. Uh, now of course it's been talked about to death, but we would be remiss if we did not mention a bit of editing that had to be done on the bridge scene. Absolutely. Um, and uh, now it's interesting because I would uh, really, Probably, uh, I'm not entirely sure when the first revised edition would have come out for uh, for Henry the Green Engine, but it probably yeah. was only maybe ten years before uh, before this aired. I, I it was probably probably in the yeah. mid seventies. I would say probably the seventies because that was around the time that attitudes were changing, and you know. Um, people were talking about certain issues more and, and, you know, and, and when it was decided that certain words should not be used, especially in uh, books for children, you know, and I, I would have to agree that it probably wasn't until probably at very earliest, maybe the very late sixties, but more likely the early seventies when a revised edition of Henry, the green engine uh, did come out. 
So. Yeah, it looks like it looks like it was 1972 that it was reported to the national press. Oh, there you um, go. And so uh, that uh, that he had used the racial slur that confirms um, it. And so then, uh, so re- I mean, you know, comparatively, not that long, <laughs> right? You know, less time had passed between the republishing of it with the the updated wording right and the this episode airing uh versus the more more time had had passed there than the than the time since the book had originally been published right um uh, and well, only about was, 12 because the years. book was well yeah the book was in the book was published in 51 so it was out there for 21 years right um, with that other word in there, um, but you know, and uh, attitudes change, but exactly, quite quite interesting. It it is, and you know, of, of course, there are still early editions of Henry the Green Engine circulating out there. I myself do not have one. The only copy of Henry the Green Engine I have is in the complete collection. Uh, I've never seen the original version of Henry the Green Engine, nor do I need to. Um, but I I do. It, it does stand out as probably the only railway series book that's needed to be edited at all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, but obviously for absolutely 100% good reasons. Oh, definitely. Um, no, there, and, there is uh, no denying that whatsoever. Definitely. And, and on a similar note, actually, um, in 1975, mm. um, the fall to towers episode, the Germans, uh, uh aired and in that episode the character of the major uh the major he he uses that particular racial slur multiple yes. times right um and it's quite interesting that even that even in uh even at that you know in that time that was still it was it it was put in his mouth and he was supposed to be an older a person of the older generation right. so it wasn't necessarily approved of but it no it still got through right <laughs> Uh, which it, it's it, quite a, quite amazing that even in you know even in, in that time the the attitudes changed quite a bit as they went into the eighties. So um, well, it, 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 interesting. Um, well, look but at not the, not that long before this episode aired. Well, look at All in the Family or the Jeffersons or really any show from around that time, and you know it is fascinating to see how much things have changed. Now, of course. You know, um, the the main character of All in the Family is not supposed to be a person that we aspire to. Of course, he is supposed to be an idiot, you know, uh, but, you know, and then it's the same with the Jeffersons as well. Uh, and I bring those two up specifically because earlier this year, a reimagined version of two episodes of those shows was done. And it is interesting to see how much things have changed and yet how little has really changed since the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, but, uh, getting a little, uh, little off track here, I guess. Well, yeah, (laughs) but you know, no pun pun intended. Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, that was, uh, that was the Henry trilogy. Um, and, um, well, we'll, that would be those are the episodes we'll be covering today yes they are 
Um, and really good episodes. Um, of course, uh, I would say Whistles and Sneezes is definitely the weakest of those three. Yeah. Uh, by, by far. Um, and I would say it's probably one of the weaker episodes of the first season. Uh, I I didn't care for it very much as a kid. Right. Um, and it kind of grew on me a little bit as I became a more diehard Thomas fan. Sure. And then it kind of settled back into a state of eh. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it it's an of... episode I can take or leave. And had I not known that it was supposed to be connected to Cole and the Flying Chipper... I don't think I really would have, you know, it wouldn't really have made much of a difference to me as a kid because it didn't make that much of a difference to me as a kid. Because, uh, of course, for us in the U.S., we didn't get the whistles and sneezes until season two episodes were being put out on video. Uh, it was it was in the um, Daisy VHS. Yeah, which actually was a, that was a that was a season three release because that actually had some episodes from season three on that. that's right so, it did didn't it because i believe i had tender engines or uh yeah t- tenders for henry that's right so yeah, that's right so we there, didn't so. even get that until the season three that's right because it was after trust thomas that's right Right, absolutely yeah so and it had an echo but we'll, we'll get into the home video well of um, course releases uh in uh, at a future time um but so uh that's it for us today uh, it is. and check us out on facebook twitter uh, and uh you can listen to us on anchor spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts and anywhere else uh, that you can probably think of that podcasts are available to be listened to indeed all right have a great day you too yep